Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the DealQuest podcast. Let's get started. DealQuest community, I'm so excited to have Jeremy Stratton on the podcast. He's the founder and chief executive officer at Business Legal Lifecycle. He's the author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, The Business Legal Lifecycle. The Business Legal Lifecycle is an innovative legal concept in the law tech space to help business owners understand complex legal matters in a simple to understand manner. They also understand why they uh, need to take certain legal steps, and it helps business owners develop a plan for the future. Jeremy, welcome to the DealQuest podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Corey. Really looking forward to it. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I, I don't have that many people, you know, in, in the legally related space. You know, obviously that's what I do, but uh, but I'm really interested in hearing about what you've developed here. And, and we'll talk about a little bit about your being a lawyer in Australia. But before we get into any of that and your deal experience and everything you've done, I want to take you back to when you were a little kid growing up, 8, 10, 12 years old. What did you want to be? Because... Uh, Certainly, a, a legal tech software, uh, you know, developer wasn't it, and and maybe uh, I'm guessing, and uh, and maybe a lawyer wasn't it either. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> oh, that's an that's an awesome question, Corey. And um, I, I definitely wasn't what I was planning to do because I don't even think law tech was a thing back in the eighties right. when I was growing up. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to be an astronaut when I grew up. Uh, yeah, uh, I love space. I love all things sci-fi. I love Star Trek, Star Wars, all those TV shows. Uh, and I wanted to be an astronaut when I grew up, and that was uh, that was something that I, I remember vividly from my from my early years. That yeah, that's that's where I wanted to go. I'd never never really went there uh, and found other passions in life. But yeah, when I when I was growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> well, nowadays you have enough money, and you can you know just pay uh, you know Bezos or uh, Musk or somebody, uh, and they'll they'll get you up there, right? Well, I'm only forty two, so by the time I you know, get to the eighties, maybe they um maybe the, the cost will have come down quite a bit. And <laughs> we'll be able to go no matter what. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, and, and one other question, uh, looking back, what was the first deal of any type you ever did? It could have been something small as a kid, you know, uh, early in your career, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, I, I remember early on doing deals with my parents to, to let me go and get stuff that I wanted. So I have this vivid memory of a, a space book that I wanted back in, in back, back when I was in primary school. And the school had had one of those sales where you go and buy books. And I went along and there was this really fancy, uh, you know, full of pictures book about space. And I remember doing a deal with my parents to let me have the money to be able to go and buy that. Yeah, we didn't grow up, I didn't grow up in a wealthy family, certainly not poor or anything. It was very, very um, wasn't poor, wasn't wealthy, middle class. Uh, and so I had to you know, earn my keep to be able to do that. And um, yes, that was the first deal that I remember doing. Love it. 
Yeah, it sounds like I always say I grew up in a low middle class family. There was always food on the table, but it was a, a bit paycheck to paycheck. And yeah, there wasn't free. I, I far from got everything I wanted. In fact, I, most things I, you know, <laughs> yeah, there was always a negotiation. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yep. Always um, a negotiation. And it, I think it probably helps you um, develop oh, yeah. as you're growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. Um, in fact, uh, my wife hates when I negotiated with her, but she loves that I get to, that I negotiate with everybody else. You know, I'm like, but I'm doing it, but it's not with her. She's thrilled with it, right? It helped, you know. <laughs> so okay. she's like, go negotiate that, but yeah, not with me. We're going to get into um, you know the deals aspect, but talk to us a little bit more about what the business legal life cycle is. And I know there are aspects of that that identify uh, deal opportunities for folks, but but before we, you know, just give them the broader overview of what what the tool does and who it's for and that kind of stuff. So, so Corey, it's it's for small to medium-sized business owners, and I see that as yeah businesses that have around fifteen to twenty or no, no more than fifteen to twenty um, employees, and you know turnover of no more than about twenty to thirty million, and that that doesn't matter whether it's Australia or the US. Around that seems to be a good a good mark. And what it's about is it's about identifying the legal risks that people have in their business, because the frustration that I had with the law, and I still have with the law to this day, is that it it's very reactive. People react to problems when they arise. And there's so much that I see and, and, and where I have clients who had problems where if they had just been proactive rather than just reacting to problems when they arise, they could have saved themselves a lot of money. You know, we talk about deals and, you know, they come to mind where, you know, one, one of the, the, um, the clients that uh, did a deal uh, that gave me the impetus to actually write the book and come up with the concept, lost a million dollars of other people's money because he didn't get the right advice early on. He didn't structure his partnership the right way. And for me, the, the life cycle was born out of that frustration that I have with the, the legal profession of, I'll just come to us when there's a problem to be solved and, and people just want that problem solved. So for me, it's it's around every business, everything you do in life has a legal risk uh, and, and business has has those legal risks. And what, what we do is we help identify what those are. We help to educate business owners on why they need to understand these legal aspects. And then we, we tell you who you go and who you need to go and see. It may not be a lawyer or an attorney in every case. It might be that you need to get a coach. It might be that you need to get a uh, an accountant. Uh, you know, but we, I, we help identify who that is that you need to speak to so that you can get uh, those legal risks minimized and build a great business. Because uh, my goal is to make legal advice accessible for all SMEs around the world. And we do that by bringing out these products and helping them to, to see how they can be proactive in, in what they do and not be reactive uh, and, and avoid those problems. Love it. So give, give people an idea of just some of the stages that you identified in, in your product for the business. Yes. So there's 13 phases. I, I won't go through all those phases. What, what I'll do is, is I break them up into four sections. So the first three are the startup phases. So they're the, when you're just starting out and starting to get your clients and making sure that you've got all of the stuff right in the business to make sure that your structures are right, that you're engaging with your clients properly. And it's really about that, that startup and, and making sure you've done that right. And can I tell you that, you know, I act for and I work with businesses all over the world and you know even ones that have been in existence for 20 years often need to go back and look at those those things right <laughs> because uh, things change uh, as you're going then the, the next three phases is all about consolidation so it starts on with, with bringing on employees and making sure that you do that right so once you've got a business and you've you've got some clients you've starting to get some traction what does it need to do that you need to do to consolidate that business and get it right and there's a bit of a dip in the if, if people go to, to our website and they see the life cycle uh, there's a bit of a dip in those phases and and that's because as you're consolidating there's going to be a, a dip of some sort in your business we want to call that out 
so we have those those first two parts and then we get into the expansion phases and scaling phases so it's about having all the chocks in place so that you can do that to then get to the last part which is the sale of business and when i do talks and when i when i speak on podcasts i, I always make the point that at some point you're going to exit your business it's inevitable. So we want to make sure that you've got all the foundations in place so that when you sell it, you've got everything right. So that's the last part is the sale of business and the, uh, the business exit phase. So in, in, in a broad sense, we have those four big areas that we do for the, the, for the life cycle and it encapsulates all the, all the things that you need to do to build a great business and sell it for the, for the best price when you get to that point. And, and so to, to folks, uh, you know, to anybody, it would be obvious that on, the, on that last phase, the sale phase, that's the deal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But obviously in the expansion phase, I'm sure there's, you know, there's all kinds of places where there are opportunities for deals. And it's interesting to me, because one of the things that I find with, with companies, and this is something that I've said on the podcast, the premise of the podcast all the time, and I'm interested, you know, uh, to hear your take on it and how it plays into maybe some of the stuff you do with the business legal lifecycle. You know, so one of the premises of this podcast is to say, hey, listen, you, you should have organic growth. Most businesses need to know how to get customers or clients, you know, get one, two, four, 10, 20, 100, whatever it is, right? You know, unless you're formed as a company that just acquires other companies or whatever, well, then even then those are your clients, right? Your customers. So the point is you need organic growth. But so many companies have an opportunity to also grow through deal-driven growth, inorganic growth, right? And, and, and so many few of them take advantage of that opportunity. And I always say to them, hey, you're, oh, you know, we're looking to expand. We are expanding, whatever it is. Great. But, you know, we want to get into this market and we're having trouble getting in there. We, you know, we, um, or our sales have stagnated. Or, you know, and you ask them, well, you know, who else do you know that's in the market? Have you thought about doing a deal with them? Have you thought about like all these expansion opportunities? It's amazing how many, what a small percentage of the companies have even, even understand those opportunities. Is that something that in that expansion phase, the business legal life cycle talks about? Absolutely. So we talk about uh, organic growth, as you say, and we talk about you know, maybe growing by starting another premises for your, your business. We talk about potentially franchising over here in Australia. Franchises are very heavily regulated. Uh, right. and they're not so regulated over there. Uh, and we talk about licensing, but we also talk about mergers and acquisitions and what it is that you need to look for from a legal perspective when you're looking to merge or acquire another company. Because I agree with you. I think it's a great way to be able to expand a business. And it comes back to your goal and what you actually want to achieve. But if you want to build a big company, you've got to have that growth 100%. But if you want to have really, really big growth, then you've got to look at, at, at acquiring. And there's lots of ways to look at that and what you need to do. So that's actually as part of the, fa- the expansion um, section, phase seven deals with all of those particular areas of the, of the life cycle. And from that legal perspective, what a business owner needs to, to put in place to protect themselves. So, so you know, you have the perspective on that from um, obviously the companies that all the companies that use this product and what they come up you know, within the business illegal or read your book or, you know, whatever it is. And then also you, you have a practice uh, where you do similar stuff to what I do in, in Australia, you know, on deals and whatever. So what have you found? I mean, you know, and it's great because this uh, product you developed, uh, you know, is more mass available, right. You know, than, than individual advice. And I'm sure you, you know, you've, you know, maybe you've been able to gather some data or got even more insight into where people go wrong. Um, you know, I certainly have experience with that as a lawyer, you experience with that lawyer. So, you know, where is it? Let's, let's take, for example, that expansion phase while we're talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. What are the, you know, what are the mistakes? What, you know, whether it's doing bad deals, whether it's not taking opportunities of deals, whether it's not trying to find deals, not finding it, whatever it is. Talk to me about what you see that comes up. What are the mistakes people make and how, you know, what you do to help them avoid them? Yeah, so I think that the 
probably the biggest mistake I see where people buy a company or they acquire something, uh, an asset into their business is, is they don't think about what is it that they're trying to achieve? What's yeah. their goal with this? And I think that that's something that it sounds really simple, but for me, it's the thing that's missing all the time. I, uh, I, I'm thinking of a just recently dealing with a client. I don't do a lot of legal work anymore. Mm. I'm more focused on this business, but yes. I still do some work for, for some very good clients. And a very good, very good client of mine, very long-term client of mine, bought a new business. And he bought the business and then all the team quit, team of, of 15 people. <laughs> and I said to him, what happened? And they never actually sat down with the team to talk about what they were doing and where they were going, what their goals were and everything. And yeah, that's just a small thing, but all he had to do was sit down and talk to that team and he would have found out what the problem was straight away that that these people had actually their own plans and were were going off to do their own thing uh, and set up in competition with them. So he bought this business and was, he was, he's looking at acquiring multiple businesses. So he's taking it as a lesson learned. So he's, his goal is to build a a portfolio of businesses to, to do that, but he needed to talk to them. So actually talking to the, uh, you know, if you're going to merge with someone, talking to the other side about what is it that, that they want to achieve? If you're going to start a partnership, if that becomes a partnership, what is it that each party wants to go? But but also talking to the team. You know, normally, you know, when you do a contract and you, and you know this, you, you know, if you're the seller, you don't want your team knowing until, you know, until you've actually got a deal that you're looking to sell. But you've got to make sure that you actually have that conversation with them to know what to, to know what they're doing. And so for me, it doesn't matter whether it's the, a potential partner, a, a potential acquisition or the team, you've got to have a conversation. And that's the thing that I see people missing. And it's not really legal advice, but it's something that definitely comes into the legal contract, into the, the legal aspect of it is what is it that everyone wants? Where's yeah. everyone going? Knowing that that will change, what, what is it? So that's probably the biggest thing. And I think that from my perspective and the deals that I've done over the years and negotiated for clients and, and done all the rest, uh, if, if people just had a conversation earlier on, <laughs> they would have just solved all those problems. And, and that comes into then, Corey, what I see is, is actually documenting the agreement. Now, people hate contracts. You know, I, I used to love reading 50, 100-page contracts. Now, I do my head in. I, I, and I get people to do that. And then I, I get involved in the, in the nitty-gritty. And I, and I know that happens. But people not reading their contracts and not understanding what it is that they're agreeing to is the other big thing that I see. And at the end of the day, you have your know, ownership, accountability, responsibility. You know, we, we, we talk about that in the coaching space that I do about having above the line thinking. And mm-hmm. you can't just abdicate all of your responsibilities. So it's really around reading your contracts, understanding what the deal is and making sure that what's in the contract actually is what you understand the deal to be. <laughs> so so I, I, mean, I could go on forever. We could do a days long podcast about, <laughs> about all the errors that people make. But those, those are the two big ones that I see is the, the lack of understanding about what people's goals are and what, where, they're trying to, where, where they're trying to go and not documenting their agreements properly to make sure that they understand what it is that, uh, that the contract says, because that's the thing that if or when things go bad, everyone goes back and relies upon. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no question about it. And I love the way you started out because you you spent you focused on you know understanding right the other people's motivations things like that. But you also the first thing you mentioned was really your client, the buyer, the entrepreneur themselves, like why they're doing the deal, what's their vision for it, what's the purpose. 
Listen, most lawyers, frankly, you know, client comes to them and says, hey, you know, I got a deal, you know, we have, we have an LOI already, you know, term sheet or whatever, we want you to document the deal. The lawyer's going to say, great, okay, let's see, as my retainer, blah, 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 whatever it is. All right, I always ask why. And it's, people will sit back a little bit, right? Because to me, in terms of the fees I'll make on a deal, the why question can only hurt me, right? <laughs> like, you know, but, yep. but, but I know, I mean, in the short term, short term thinking, right? Um, but but of course I'm not a short-term thinker. You know I know that what benefits everybody is good deals, not not bad deals. And a bad deal, you know, could just mean that I talk about this a lot as well. Where you know in the entrepreneurial community, there's this there's this pressure to grow, right? And and certain percentage of entrepreneurs grow, and it's great. They love it. They build something. It's great. And other entrepreneurs grow, and they like and they wake up and they're like, all right, I got 30 employees, more employees than I used to have. I got more headaches. So I'm not necessarily making a lot more money. Like, why am I, why have I done this, right? And it's similar thing, you know, on, on deals. So I always want to have that, that why conversation, you know, what are the objectives? What are you really trying to achieve? This is really fit. I need to have a context, right? And so I love the fact that you're, you know, you're bringing that up. I mean, understanding your own objectives, even before you understand, you know, and then yes, obviously the other party, the employees, the you know, absolutely crucial. Yeah, great stuff. And the and the and look, there's nothing wrong with the attorney not giving that advice because that's not in their skill set. And if that's the if you don't have an attorney that gives you that advice, then go and get advice from a coach or someone who knows what they're who's who knows what they're talking about that stuff because because that's not in every lawyer's wheelhouse. So yeah, I, I know it wasn't mine when I started, and I've had to develop it as I go. So I agree with you 100%, Corey. And I think that there's a lot of um, merit in getting other bits of advice, and for lawyers not to be afraid to tell their client. I'm actually not sure about this. Go and get advice somewhere else. We're very proud people, lawyers. We, we spent a long time doing our, our degrees. We've learned a lot and we know a lot, uh, but there's some stuff that we don't know and we shouldn't be afraid to say, oh, listen, I don't know that. And I'll go and get advice from over here. And guess what? When the client gets advice from over there, you can actually learn something yourself that you can apply later on. So yeah, couldn't agree with you more, Corey. I think it's, a, it's an excellent point for people to learn. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreycupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreycupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. What had you, so you were practicing law, right? And, you know, you, you mentioned this a little bit uh, on one of the deal that triggered it. Tell us a little bit more about the motivation to create and also what happened first. Did you write the book first and then create the product or did, 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 how did that all go? So, so what happened was I, um, I mentioned before the call. I've, I've been working with a, a coach um, who's become a friend, and I actually now work with them uh, for ten years. And when I first started working with him, he said to me, "Jeremy, one day you'll write a book." Mm-hmm. And I laughed at him and said, "What lawyer writes a book that people will actually read?" <laughs> right? And he just smiled at me and and, and um, you know said, "Well, you'll see." And so, so what happened? Uh, and I can go into as much detail as you like, but um, the, I had two matters. Uh, one where a client almost lost $2 million of his own money um, because he uh, was setting up franchises. And as I said before, franchises are very heavily regulated over here. And he just wasn't getting the right people. He was just taking anyone that came in and he got sued for misrepresentation. And uh, he thought he could just go bankrupt and that meant all of his debts would go away. And he had about $600,000 worth of debt. He had over $2 million worth of property. And 
he just thought, yeah, he, he was at a barbecue literally and got barbecue advice saying, I'll just go bankrupt and you won't have to pay that money. And it was only luckily for him that my uncle was one of his best friends was at that barbecue. And he said, I don't think that sounds right. Go and see my, go and see my nephew. And I met with him and I did a simple um, assets and liabilities statement for him. And he realized <laughs> what he was about to lose. Lose. So, so that wasn't a deal one, but the other one was this, this, these two gentlemen, uh, they formed a company to, get approval to do a high-rise development in a place called the Gold Coast um, in Queensland, where I live. Uh, people don't know the Gold Coast. It's a, a holiday mecca, uh, you know, when you're allowed to travel again. <laughs> Hopefully, you can come over and check it out. It's, it's very nice. But they were going to build a 30-storey residential tower. My guy said that he was that they were going to get approval to, to do that and then sell the deal to someone else to build it. And the other guy wanted to build it. They didn't actually have a conversation about what it is that they wanted to achieve. Yeah. And it wasn't until... They were. They got the approval that my guy said. No, actually, I want to. I want to sell that approval to someone else to do the development, and we'll take a profit out of that. And these guys had not built more than a house between the two of them, um, but they just formed a company and gone off, and they borrowed all this money from family and friends, and putting all their own money over over a million dollars to get this approval to put this um, high rise development together, and they had no idea about what, what they wanted to do. And so they just hit logjam. There was no agreement. There was a what we call a company constitution, yeah, you know, the rules governing the company, but it doesn't really deal with much. And they just hit this logjam where they couldn't actually come to an agreement. And because they couldn't come to an agreement, they they literally lost everyone's money because they couldn't agree on which way to go. That for me was a real a real moment where I went, why didn't you guys sit down and talk to each other about what you want to get, where you want to go? Now, I have a business partner in my law firm and yeah. we talk about we talked about at the beginning what we wanted to do. And and he literally said, Oh, I, I just thought it was obvious. I assumed. And you know what they say about assumption. <laughs> and and it really, it really frustrated me because I said, Why didn't you go and see a lawyer earlier? And it's like it, it was going to cost me money. As I said, that they lost so much money. They both went bankrupt and they lost everything. Wow. And if they just sat down and had a talk beforehand, they probably would have never done the deal. And yeah. so that really, Corey, that really frustrated me. And I was at the time I was learning about life cycles of businesses. And so I sat down um, you know, one day, I spent probably a good week and went through what, what were the clients? And at that point, I'd acted for about 5,000 different clients between my, my job I had previously and, and my own business. And I mapped out, when did I see people who did, did things well? When did, what order did, did they do things? And then overlaid that with when things went wrong, what didn't they do? And it took me a while and I, and I mapped out this life cycle. My, my business partner in the law firm, Craig and I, we went back and forth a couple of times and we had this map of a life cycle of what people need to do in their business. We had these 13 phases. And so just to, you know, not to go on for too long, but I had 13 phases and I realized there's 13 chapters. And so I rang my business coach and said, you were right. This is not <laughs> you. You were right. I, I now have a concept for a book. He laughed, and, um, and <laughs> I think he appreciated my honesty. And so I wrote the book. And so I wrote the book as a kind of a, a brain dump, putting everything onto paper. And yeah. then from there, I developed. There's an online tool that we have that identifies your legal risks that that, that goes through. Uh, yeah. And so I developed that for the law firm. Then I realized yeah. that that would be a good product to help people you know, worldwide, then develop the other books. And uh, we won the, I live in a state called Queensland in Australia. We won the Queensland Law Society Innovation and Law Award for what we had developed. Nice. Uh, which was very, very, very exciting. Uh, we beat out all the big guys, which was even better for our little, our little <laughs> law firm. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, it, it really developed. But it, it, that was the progression was, you know, the frustration, developing the cycle, writing the book, 
than coming up with the, the law tech tools to help us to, to help more people. And just recently, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of 2022, and we've just launched our education course where we actually educate business owners on all the different legal things that they need to do in their business. So, um, yeah, it, it, it takes time to, to develop all that, but that was the progression of, of what we did and how we put it together. Well, a little uh, mini, uh, well, that aside, but related to, so when you did your book, did you do, did you self-publish? Did you hybrid publish? Did you? I, I self-published. I, I um, worked with a business that you know, does self-publish books and he yep. edited it. He had a legal background. Uh, he he did push back on me on a few things uh, because I, I do take a different view to lawyers in some respects of when you should do certain steps depending on the type of business. That was good though, because it, it kind of challenged me um, sure. on what I wanted to do. But yeah, I, I did self-publish it and I've self-published the UK and the US versions of it as well. Great. So listeners, we have we have international listeners, we have folks all over the place. Obviously we have a higher concentration of folks in the US because that's where I'm based, mm-hmm. but, but we have folks all over. Um, but yeah, so sounds like you can get it anywhere right um absolutely and, and we are developing the tools and the resources for every every country that we can um you know india and canada are next and then um and, and i've actually written the south african version of it and i was oh. going over to, to finalize that in um march 2020 if you believe it and um, that that deal got cancelled um, yeah, I, I hear that <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting are you um so in terms of the you know in each country are you doing this on your own or do you have any local you know strategic alliances or joint ventures or like how, how are you doing that great question i partner with a lawyer or attorney in the country so uh, it, yeah so I, I partner with them i get them to help me understand how the law is different it's actually surprisingly similar because we don't get into the nitty-gritty like in the in the us like australia we've got multiple states you've got multiple states the actual nitty-gritty of how you do things is very different per state this is all high level getting you to understand why you need to do things so that you can then go and and get the lawyer to go and do the work so what what we do is we partner with an, a lawyer or attorney in that in that jurisdiction. We rewrite the book. They help me to understand how the law is different. I rewrite it, and then they check it, make sure it's all right. Then we give it to the publisher, and, and then we release it um, out into the community after we've done done that, so that it is very jurisdiction centric. I, I had a sense that it made sense because I, I don't know anybody in any business who, at least very rarely, can successfully go into a country without some sort of local relationship and, and do it right, at least in the beginning. Um, so. So, you know, that's great. That's another deal, right? Some sort of, you know, partnership, joint venture strategic alliance, however structured, you know, yep. but some sort of relationship with somebody on the ground in the countries you're going into uh, who knows the law, also knows, you know, the, the market, hopefully, and that kind of stuff and whatever. So that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. And, and listen, that's a great example, uh, listeners. Um, you know, you may not be writing a book or having a software product, but, you know, you you may very well with whatever your business is going into whether, whether it's other countries or even even frankly sometimes within within the country mm-hmm. local knowledge right and local connections and local understanding make make a difference even even state to state you know or area to area you know in, in you know in some countries uh, you know province to province whatever it is mm-hmm. um because uh listen we all know in the u.s uh, different states are very very different in terms of various things not only the laws but you know culturally etc you know mm-hmm. You know, if you talk about Canada, I mean, you know, um, you know, British Columbia and, you know, and, uh, you know, Ontario and whatever, I mean, you know, go through it, they, they, they're different, right? You know, mm. I was talking about Montreal, talking about Quebec, 
back, you know, certainly, you know, very different than a lot of other places. So, um, you know, what else, what else do you see, you know, whether it's sort of trends, uh, you know, that you're seeing in terms that are more deal related that you're seeing that companies, are, you know, are doing or leaning towards or figuring out, um, you know, through this, uh, you know, business legal life cycle or just in general, what are you seeing? What are you seeing out in the marketplace? We're seeing a lot of people starting up new businesses, especially over here. I don't, I don't know whether that's the same in, in the in the US, but a lot of yeah. people who aren't actually going that route of, of the mergers and acquisitions are actually starting up their own thing. Yeah. And that's that's great. Uh, but down the track, they, they want to look at the mergers and acquisitions um, you know, and, and deals to be done. And and even, you know, like, you know, not to go into too much detail about it, but every every contract you do is a deal of some sort. So, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you are going to be doing those deals. So, so we're seeing a lot of startups, um, but we're giving, we're, we're talking to them a lot about, okay, making sure that whatever your goal is, what is it that you, know, you might want to do in the future and factoring that in and even just planting the seed, Corey, now is a, is a great time to, to plant the seed of, okay, you, you're going to want to do this in the future. So let's make sure that your structure's right. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a gentleman just recently who has a, a company that he started um, and it's a company and trust over here in Australia. And um, he wanted, he's bringing in a, another employee as a, as a shareholder, but he also wants to borrow money to buy property. And that over here creates complexity that he didn't even appreciate because that person's now in the company. And so not that the company's borrowing the money, but that's his source of income. So that then creates all these other problems on the other, on the other end. So it's really around, okay, even if you are starting new, think for the future, always have the future in mind, have the, yeah. Stephen Covey talks about in, in um, seven habits of highly effective people. I think it's habit number two is start with the end in mind. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I say um, start up with an end in mind because the, the end will always change. Like if you told me a decade ago that I'd be recording podcasts and, and having kind of right, a right, like right, laugh right. at you. The, uh, the end is almost never really the end. <laughs> that's right. But, but, but I, so I, I change that to an end. So yeah. know where you're going at that point in time, knowing that that will change. And so we're giving a lot of advice around that. We're giving a lot of advice around, okay, what is it that you're that you're doing now, and where might that go in the future? And we're finding that's resonating really well. I know that in the in the bigger corporate space, there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on at the moment. Um, we don't really play in that field, but I, I do know that's a big thing that's going on right now. But you know, it's interesting. One of the things we always talk about on this podcast is that you know, any my assertion is that any company of any size in any industry, with or without capital, there's some sort of deal you can do. Right. Well, there's a business partnership, license deal, strategic yep. alliance, just joint marketing, deal distribution, you know, whatever it is. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, through any stage in your business legal life cycle, you know, there, there are deals. People have that misconception that, oh, I need capital or I need, you know, or I'm talking about only big M&A or, or you know, venture, venture capital funding. Um, you know, and that's one of the myths that we're trying to, you know, the, you know, dispel here. You know, and, and it's an interesting point you make about uh, a lot of what we do is, you know, I love the point you made about trying to anticipate, right? Because, you know, we work with a lot of startup companies as well. And we'll, and it's interesting, you know, because some startup companies are, all right, somebody's hanging out a shingle, somebody's, you know, opening the corner store and they don't have, but a lot of startup companies these days, whether well, in the tech, we do a lot of financial services, investment advisors, things like that. They're coming out and starting up in a much more sophisticated mindset, right? They're, they're coming out, starting knowing that they, they want to grow, right? So what you do, for example, with the equity structuring up front, 
can impact their well okay do we need an equity class to attract other other people to to yep. you know to talk in give to other company owners if you're going to buy them or you know in the investment advisor space where we do a lot you want to bring on other advisors who have books of business do you need an equity class for them you know is it going to be capital equity is it going to be profits interest could be whatever you know it's different in every country but the point is that the the upfront planning especially for growth companies you know it, it makes a big difference now of course you can always retrofit and change things and figure it out later but it's much cleaner if you if you can properly anticipate to the best you can things change right not only does the end change the middle changes as well right <laughs> but uh you know but at least you know at least to the extent you can see it that, that kind of planning is uh, super important and uh you know it's one of the things i love about the business uh you know the uh, life cycle that you're doing because it's a uh, legal life cycle because it, it encourages that kind of forward thinking right it encourages that planning you know that looking ahead which really makes a difference yeah, absolutely. It's, it's that whole, let's be proactive and not reactive approach. And I'm very, very, very big on that because I, I, I've seen the other side of it. I've seen the cost that it, it has. And a small investment now say, you know, of time and money can save you a lot going into the future, as you know. Yeah, yeah. love it. Love it. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, you mentioned who this is for generally. Uh, you know, I noticed on your website that this is actually something as well for businesses and for attorneys, right? You know, you, mm. so talk about the model a little bit on your side, uh, who it's for, where people can find it, uh, you know, uh, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, so it's it's designed for those um, small to medium sized business owners that we talked about. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, probably about twenty employees, about thirty million dollars worth of revenue, and and below that. Uh, so they can go to the businesslegallifecycle.com. I've put together a, a special page. Um, businesslegallifecycle.com slash dealquest, uh, which will have a 50% discount for as a thank you for having me on for the listeners. Uh, they'll be able to go on there and uh, and um, enter the code and, and you'll be able to do the test and that, that identifies the legal risks uh, for your business. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's all about, you know, really identifying those legal risks. And then from that, they can take, you know, we have an education course that, that goes with it. There's lots of free resources on there too, as well. Um, you know, we, we give a lot of, of information about why you need to do things with the knowledge that it's not specific, you know, it's, the old, it's not specific to you. You got to get legal, you got to get someone to go and implement it. Sure. But by empowering you with the knowledge of what you need and why you need it, it gives you that power to go to the attorney or the lawyer and say, this is what I need to do. And this is where I need to go with the, with the business. So yeah, there's, there's lots of, lots of information that people can get on there and it'll help them to, to really get their understanding, but don't try and do it yourself. Make sure that you get the, the lawyer to actually help you. <laughs> and that was, that was businesslegallifecycle.com. Yes. Businesslegallifecycle.com slash deal quest. So still quest, right, is the special code that we have uh, for, yep. for listeners of the episode. That's great. And then uh, I can, in terms of your book, they can, can they get that there on Amazon, all that kind of stuff as well? Or? It's available um, through the website. Amazon uh, has all three copies. Yeah, just make sure that you're getting the right edition. Um, but whilst yeah, they are still relevant, yeah, most of it's still relevant to all countries. There's a there's an Australian edition, a US edition, and a UK edition. Uh, but if you just type, if you, well, it's very obvious which ones which. It says so on the in the title, so uh, people can do that, or they can go to our website and we have it all on there, and they can get copies of it on our website. Excellent, 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 great stuff. All right. So um, my final question on the podcast is always about my highest ideal and value in life, uh, which is freedom. And for me, that means uh, everything from freedom for all people from oppression in the world to the reason I'm an entrepreneur and haven't had a boss in decades. Um, what does freedom mean to you and what is it uh, and how does it apply in your life and business? Um, for me, 
that it's around uh, knowledge. Uh, and I think that knowledge and education uh, gives freedom. I, I, I truly believe that. I'm, I'm a big reader. I, I learn, I, I make sure I, I read three hours a day um, or listen to podcasts or you know, do, do some sort of education for three hours a day because I'm, I'm a big believer that from knowledge comes freedom. And you know, the more that we can empower people with that knowledge, the more free they can become and, they, and the more that they can make their own decisions. I love it. And listen, you know, that, that's so consistent. I mean, that's obviously, I mean, not that I would doubt it, but it's obvious, like in your actions, it shows it's true for you because the business legal life cycle is exactly doing that, right? It's providing exactly. people with knowledge, with information, with so that they can make better and, and more proactive uh, decisions. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Great stuff. Well, listen, Jeremy, uh, I'm so thrilled that you were a guest. I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, great to have you. Thanks so much for having me, Corey. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.